Good evening. This is Glenn D. Andrews of Heroes and Kings. It is February 7th, 2021. It is Super Bowl Sunday. After this, and maybe even during this, if you can, get on over to heroesandkings.world. And that's heroes with an S and kings, kings spelled with a Z, dot world or dot com. We got that merchandise. We got the hoodies. We got the hats. We got the beanies, socks, shoes, joggers, shirts, watches, water cups. We got it all. Got bags, nice drawstring, running bags that represent what Heroes and Kings is about and everything we do has a story behind it. Literally every item is is motivated, created, designed, and fabricated with a, a connection to an individual situation or circumstance. And we take that and and create a piece with it so that everything we, we put in the store has a has a has a story. So as I said, February 7th, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, I'm no longer in protest at the NFL. I have a lot of young brothers that I train and mentor in the NFL, as well as a lot of friends who are now retired out of the NFL, and it is what it is. I'm just doing this right now, and I'm just busy enough where that time I'm spending right now doing this and I have other things I need to do and so in one of the podcasts I did with Melanin People Productions we talked about the NFL and football and Kaepernick and back in the day a lot of the players came out of HBCUs particularly African-American players and just the whole situation with money, crimes being committed by NFL players, uh, how women chase NFL players and what civilians and the folks outside of athletics and entertainment look at those who are in professional sports or professional entertainment who make a lot of money and the expectations of athletes and so on and so forth. And I've had a a a seat next to friends who've gone through it and made it to the other side. I've had the seat of friends who've had friends get in trouble and they call me to see what I can do to help them with a particular situation. And <clears throat> Then it's this, this the thing of should athletes do more as far as community, as far as giving back, whatever that means. And my answer to that is no. Athletes and or entertainers do not have to give back to any community. No entity has to do anything with what they have earned. I'm going to say that again. No entity has to do anything with the resources 
and the wealth and money they have made on how they've earned it. And it's wrong of us and wrong of individuals to expect anything more. And quite frankly, there are some individuals who literally are not built for that kind of smoke, who are not, who are not built for that type of communication, who do not have the necessary skills and the, the intellect to decipher, to dig, to forensically move through history, to forensically dissect history, situations, whether it be historical, criminal, judicial, social, philosophically, or scientifically, and then articulate that in a clear and concise manner. We should not expect that of a young man or young woman in some cases who only dream (laughs) is to get their mama a house. Get their mama out of the hood. Make things better for sister's brother's family. And so taking it to the next level, I understand what Cap was was trying to do and it would be nice and fantastic and loyal and morally correct if if, if these employers had a moral clause in their vision statement. But we live in a capitalist system. And there's, there's just a fine line in this capitalist system between morality and immorality. The history of this country is built on slavery. It's built on a few having power dictating to the masses. The foundation of capitalism is built on immorality, inhumanity, and dehumanization. So here we are in this so-called modern, civilized space-time where we expect Fairness. Expect an employer to be more, offer more, give more than an opportunity and a paycheck. Can't do it. The employee, the employer, collectively is a society, but a job is a job. You sign up for it. And uh, I heard Deion Sanders say that if you were a, a, a billionaire, and I'm kind of misquoting, if I was a billionaire and I owned a team and these are the kind of individuals I'm, I'm used to hanging around, I'm trying to build a team and I'm trying to win. I ain't trying to worry about all that other stuff. And I don't want all that other stuff affecting how I win and make money. 
because winning is big. I'm not even going to be a hypocrite. I'm all about winning. I'm all about winning, and I'm not about giving trophies to second place, third place, or giving trophies for participation. And that could be politically incorrect and wrong. But where I come from, you eat, but you hunt and kill. And that's metaphor. You eat what you hunt and kill. And basically, you eat only what you've worked for and earned. And if you didn't earn it, why are you sitting up at the table? And if I've given you an opportunity to sit at my table, what is your contribution? And if you ain't making a contribution, you can't sit at the table. Those are the rules of the game. There are a lot of African-American alpha males with platforms. And there's a kind of a divide. There's not a divide in those who are communicating information. There's literally a divide between those communicating information and the masses in the audience. You have a situation where you have a professional manager, stylist, image consultant, Kevin Samuels telling young brothers, hey, you, you can't walk into somebody's organization any kind of way, look in any kind of way and represent them. And you get individuals mad at him for saying how the game is. As if you can change the rules of the game. No, the rules of the game is not going to change. But you have to decide if you want to play in that playpen with those rules. Because you got a choice. Dreadlocks, tattoos, earrings, tight pants, transgender, colored hair, all these things you want to do, but then you want some employer to tell you you wanted to tell an employer how you should represent the company looking and presenting yourself a certain way. That's dumb as hell. And I'll give you an example. When I was in school, I had a goatee and I had a big gold ear and big gold, not big, big gold loop in my ear, pierced ear. I had it since I was in high school. Right around junior year, Morehouse college we had started going, they had started having like, we can go get etiquette training, how to eat when you go out to dinner, what kind of suit you should wear, what your closet should have. And one of the things that was brought up was not only do you need to shave and keep a decent haircut, the earrings got to go. And at that time, it wasn't that many folks that had tattoos like I did, but mine were right way up on my arm and on my sleeve. So you couldn't see it if I had on a business suit. And you believe, believe me, when it came time to fill out that resume and go to these interviews, I had on a suit and tie and the earring was gone. I had a fiance, I had a mortgage, I had two cars, and within 
three, four years, a son and a daughter. My family could could not eat if that earring didn't come out of my nose or out of my ear. And I decide then to grow this grizzly Adam beard and not shave. No, if I wanted that job in that bank and if I wanted to sign on that dotted line and make that salary, I was going to wear the uniform of that operation. I was going to wear the uniform of corporate America. I was going to a uniform of that organization and that department. And if I wanted to go up that corporate ladder outside of the job skills and the skills I needed to do that I had and that were required and I was more than qualified, I was going to dress the part and look the part. And when I got tired of it, I stepped away. That's the game. And truly, truly what the game is, is while you're in corporate America learning how to do certain things, as you pursue entrepreneurial and side hustles, keep in mind, keep in mind, you still got to be disciplined. You still got to be organized. You still have to have a a presentation, a presence about yourself, even as an entrepreneur. Because don't nobody want to do no business with somebody who's sloppy, who look a certain way. Things may change in the future, but right now, there's a certain way professionals look and present themselves when you're trying to sell present a product, present a service and make money I pose this question to my son I'm in the fitness I'm in the fitness niche industry I'm a general manager of facilities As well as I am a certified trainer myself. Been doing it now a little over 20 years. And I've always been in the management side of it. Managing gyms, operations, facilities, staff, and trainers. So I train trainers as well. And I'm clean shaven. I have a shaved head and I have a full beard. But when it comes to what I wear, I'm it's clean, crisp, athletic gear. And I wear the company logo when it's the company stuff. And on my own, I have my own branded gear. But the thing about personal training and fitness, and I pose this question to my son, who is 6'3", 180 pounds, 10, 10, 12% body fat, ripped, basically. And I asked my son, should a person who is a personal trainer look the part when they're training individuals. And he gave me a great answer. And he said, yes and no. Yes, if you're training average individuals. Because they're looking at you for expertise, knowledge, teaching, coaching, mentoring, and symbolism. 
as they go through this process of losing weight, putting on muscle, uh, losing weight, putting on muscle, slimming down, gaining weight, whatever their goal is, whatever they wish to be within 90 days, six months or a year. But then he said no, because he said when you're working with NFL athletes, professional athletes, professional basketball players, uh, professional bodybuilders, someone who's at the top of the game, they're not coming to you for how you look because nine times out of ten, they're probably in their respective niche the best at what they're at and they're looking for just an edge. They're coming to you for that intellectual edge. And if you have that, that is what they're there for. So for the civilian, normal person, yeah, you can look the part. Looking the part makes it easy, makes it easier to sell, present. You then have to have knowledge. But for the professional who's already where they are and they just looking for that edge, no. Nope, not at all. And so I've tried to max that balance. Have that balance. As I close in, I'll be 58 this year, closing in on 60, and in real good shape. Not as strong as I used to be because I'm doing a lot of calisthenics, a lot more cardio than before. I kind of backed off the heavy bodybuilding, weightlifting, but I'm probably going to get back to it as it gets warmer. We just finished the room, finished my, we just remodeled the weight room. It looks fantastic. And get back to some heavy lifting. And I do it because I love it. And not only will I represent fitness, health and wellness from a physical standpoint, I will represent it from an intellectual standpoint. So that means that not only will the average individual who's looking to get in shape seek me out, I also have the professionals who will seek me out because of the intellectual property that I have between my ears. That makes me an asset, not a liability. And although I'm 50-50 entrepreneur, got a 1099 and a W-2, there is still a degree of decorum when it comes to the presentation. And that's what a lot of young folks don't understand in this capitalist system. If you want to be in certain spaces, you got to play by their rules. You got to do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. I'll say that again. You have to do what you want to do have to do what you need to do so you can do what you want to do. There's no time limit, time constraint, time 
as long as it take. Get in where you fit in, learn all you can, maximize your potential, save your money, figure out what your purpose is, then execute your own action. But to think 400 years of industrial revolution and capitalism based on some solid foundations of what the representation of money is. You don't have to wear a suit and tie to play their game. But if you do it your way, you got to do it in your own platform. It's just that simple. Can't get away from it. You be an entrepreneur. Dress the way you want. Get as many tattoos as you want. Wear your hair the way you want. Dress the way you want. And if you make money that way, more power to you. But if you're not, and you do not recognize that you need to make changes, there's a gentleman by the name of Charles Darwin. <laughs> he talks about adaptation, evolution, and extinction. Hmm. When you keep doing things and you keep getting the same results and you're losing <laughs> and you don't make no changes, you'll become extinct. But if you're doing something, doing it your way, or a way that's been done two, three hundred years, and you're winning, it is what it is. I'm an MBA in Six Sigma. I look at and observe process. How can I repeat quality from beginning, origin, in the middle, and at the end? At the end of the process, I got quality. I got perfection. It's a scientific hypothesis. Can I repeat this? And if I repeat those steps, origin, middle, end, perfection, and I keep doing it, it becomes theory it's proven I, I, I can write it down fold it on a piece of paper give it to another person they do exactly what's on that paper beginning middle end perfection the five step hypothesis now we're saying it's theory If you keep fighting what works and you don't change, you will become extinct. Your extinction 
extinction is inevitable. You cutting your own self out. But if you adapt, evolve, make the required changes, there's a good chance you will survive. And if you do it correctly, not only do you survive, no longer are you the victim, you become the apex. You become the top of the food chain. But you can't get comfortable. Because being on the top of the food chain, you have to constantly be on the hunt. Even when you eat, you don't eat till you're full. You eat just to satisfy yourself, to give you energy, to give you fuel. You got to stay on the hunt. The clock keeps moving. This world is competition. Philosophically, metaphorically, you're competing for shelter, food, water, and air. It's only one planet, it's only one Earth. And then when this run out, and it's going to run out, what you going to do? So in the meantime, you put your emotions in the back pocket. You do what you have to do. You stay on your grind, stay on your hustle. This pandemic is still out there. And if you're listening to, listening to this, that means you 10 toes down. And if you're laying down and listening to this and you're in the midst of that struggle. And I've been there, not with the pandemic, but with other issues. I always got fighting me. You got to always have fight in you. Got to always have fight, period. Physically, mentally, intellectually, always be fighting. And what you really should be doing is in preparation and training all the time. Intellectual preparation and preparing for the fight is reading books. Physical preparation and training is exercise, boxing, martial arts conditioning because quite frankly doing those things particularly the physical part and even doing the reading part a lot of situations you find yourself in you physically don't have to do anything because intellectually you can take a deep breath and really communicate yourself out of a situation and what we call it de-escalate no one gets hurt everyone walks away and you live to see another day And knowing what you know and being where you are and being the person you are, you recognize someone who's damaged, who crossed paths with you, 
you're in a better mental space, better physical space, they get a pass. That's what intellectual training does. That's what physical training does. You no longer fight individuals. You no longer argue with individuals. You self-actualize. Abraham Maslow, top of the pyramid. That's how you make your moves. But you can't sit still. You can't sit still. So we're going to wind this on down. First one or second one for this year, I think I'll break it down to maybe one or two a month. I'm going to do it like David Goggins. I got a lot to say, but I don't want to say a lot too much. Overstay my welcome. My name is Glenn D. Andrews. Most folks, most of the brothers and the sisters and mainly the young brothers, they call me Unc. The ones who's on a different path, they call me the sage. That's the space that I occupy right now. And uh, heroesandkings.world is the apparel store, is the manifestation that all that I talk about, all the life experiences and all the stories between me, Elijah, my, my family and different friends, that is the, 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 the apparel is the manifestation of that. This podcast is just really me dropping nuggets here and there about reading, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and the power of being alive, the power of time, the power of the moment, and greatness is upon you. It may not give you the bag, but you got a moment on this planet, on this earth, when you're having that conversation with God. And you got a decision to do the wrong thing and the right thing. You do that right thing because it's just as easy to do wrong. So it's Glenn Andrews. You probably check this out after the Super Bowl or sometime down in the future. There's many regrets in the cemetery right now, and there's some in the hospitals right now dealing with this pandemic. Don't have no regrets. You don't want any regrets. Take advantage of the time. Take advantage of the moment. (laughs) The gods are watching. Glenn Andrews, Heroes and Kings, out.